Well, as we get closer to the end of the year, we're reviewing some of the major sports in the country. We did rugby and rugby league earlier in the week. Today, it's football's turn, the world game, that is, and no one better to do it with me than Daniel Garb, who joins me. Hello, Garby. Hello, Jules. How are you, mate? Very well. It's a big year in football, and it'll be one that will never be forgotten uh, on the local shores, of course, due to the, the World Cup and the Matildas run to the semi-final. But we just want to look back at the year as a whole. Let's start with Australian football. Who had a year to remember in Australian football? Well, you've alluded to it, but uh, I reckon it's a tie and you can't split them. Um, the first one is obvious. You've touched on it, but Ange Postacoglu, for me, is level with the Matildas in that sense. I mean, his exploits have just been beyond comprehension. I mean, to win the, the treble with Celtic again, I mean, just getting the Celtic job for an Australian without a playing background of note behind them is hard to fathom. Then... To do what he did there against all the expectations, despite Celtic's dominance, a lot of people thought that he would fall short there as well, you might remember, and then get the Tottenham job in the Premier League, just out of this world, and then he won the first three Manager of the Month awards in the <laughs> Premier League. So his year was was out of control, and it's only going to get better, you dare say, for Ange long term, and that's very exciting for Tottenham fans like yourself, but all Australian football fans, because uh, he's doing us Proud, and then the Matildas too. I mean, it was just remarkable what they were able to achieve. I mean, let's not forget, Jules, you had people streaming out of a Carlton-Melbourne AFL clash. <laughs> streaming out. Yes. To go watch the Matildas penalty shootout against France. You told someone five years ago that would happen. I mean, they'd be, lock you away. They'd be in an asylum. So it just completely took the nation to a place that we never thought possible and the TV ratings have been the biggest TV sporting event in its history. The crowds, the fanfare, yeah, it was out of control. Way beyond the most optimistic football fan expectation in Australia. So, yeah, a dead even uh, tie for me between the Matildas and Ange Postacoglu in terms of uh, the year to remember. Yeah, I don't think anyone could argue with those two. And it might be a fair distance between uh, number one and two and then down to number three. But who had a year to forget in Australian football, Garby? I'm going to chuck in the Melbourne victory here. So the incident, the pitch incident, did happen right at the end of 2022. But the impact of that certainly flowed into 2023. Uh, the crowds were affected, of course. Uh, the storylines at the back of that you know, certainly kept rolling on into the year. And there's no doubt it impacted the victory on the field. Uh, that stemmed onto the, the football side of things without any question. They finished second bottom. That's hard to fathom for a side of the Melbourne victories stature in Australian football. They've recovered really nicely this season. They're up in the top four. Bruno Fornaroli with 11 goals in seven games is doing wonderful things. And I think he should go to the Asian Cup with the Socceroos, which would be an amazing achievement for him from the clouds. But, uh, you know, last year was a dark one. Or last season was a dark one for the Melbourne victory. And a large part of that happened in 2023. It did. And uh, thankfully for all victory supporters, they've started this season far better. So 2024, it's a big year for Australian football. Who or what should we be looking out for? Well, it's a pretty obvious one, but it's the Socceroos and the Matildas. They've both got very big tournaments coming up. The Socceroos Asian Cup campaign begins in mid-January. And they'll be a, a serious shot to win it for a second time. They're going back to Qatar. It's their home away from home. They did so well in qualifying for the last World Cup there. We all remember what they did at the last World Cup in Qatar. 
they feel really comfortable in that environment. There will be other contenders, of course. Japan and South Korea are always up there. Saudi Arabia will come in with high expectations. Roberto Mancini is their new coach. We know about the money going into Saudi Arabian football. Iran are a really strong team. It won't be easy for Australia. It never is at the Asian Cup. But I think they're in the, the best spot they have been for a long time to actually go and win that tournament. And uh, I think there should be a lot of enthusiasm as a result. So they'll be one to watch in a big way. And then the Matildas at the Olympics. So, you know, women's football in the Olympics, it's the second biggest competition after the World Cup. The prestige is, is right up there, different to the men's, which is an under-23 tournament. And maybe this is the final shot for this group of players led by the captain and superstar in Sam Kurtz to, uh, to try and win uh, you know, gold, be it in through a World Cup trophy or, or a gold medal at the Olympics. And uh, it won't be easy, of course, going into Europe. It'll be a big contrast to uh, the World Cup on home soil. But uh, hopefully they can get on the podium and get a medal at least. And if they're in that gold medal game, it would be quite something. So they're the two to watch. Very big tournaments for our national team. Yeah, it's huge for both, as you mentioned. Now, it's always hard to predict what a big story in football will be because uh, things happen out of the blue. But can you sort of give us an idea of what one of the big stories in, in Australian football might be in 2024? Well, it's one that's expected, but it'll still be a big story. And the headline is Tony G to flee. Tony Gustafsson, yep. I think, will depart the Matildas role after the Olympics. That's on the cards, but I think when it's confirmed, it will still be a very big story as we talk about his potential replacement. Considering the status of the Matildas in Australian sport right now, that will be one of enormous influence. Um, so who will be the replacement? I mean, Joe Montemuro is mm. always the name that comes to mind. He's an Australian who's managing uh, Juventus over in Europe. He's been at big clubs. He was at Arsenal before that. So he's always the one that uh, we look at closely and, and it makes sense. Will that happen? We don't know. But I think Tony Gustafsson's departure and the next Matildas coach will be a very big story uh, come 2024. We're looking back on the year in football with Daniel Garb. Okay, that's Australian football dealt with, but uh, it is called the world game for a reason. It is the biggest sport in the world. So looking from a world point of view, it could be a club, it could be an individual. Uh, Who's had a year to remember in football in 2023? Well, you have to go to Manchester City. I mean, you win the treble, and how can you look past them? Would we celebrate it with more fanfare if it was another club? Yes, because we know about the riches at their disposal. We know about all the innuendo and speculation and the charges hanging over their head from the Premier League over breaches of financial fair play. But they still won the treble, the Premier League, the FA Cup, and the Champions League. And it's still an almighty achievement for Pep Guardiola and his team led by the superstar in, in Erling Haaland, of course, who is already one of the biggest names in world sport, but as a, a tall striker who's still got some developing to do, my goodness, we shudder to think what he'll be capable <laughs> of in the next two to three seasons. So, yeah, it's an obvious one. Um, people might roll their eyes because of the resources they have, but when you win the treble, I don't think it's uh, possible to look past Manchester City for that category. Year to forget, Garby. It's not the it's not the team across town, is it? Yeah, it is the team across town <laughs> in Manchester United, which is an interesting one because they actually ended the twenty twenty three season, twenty two twenty three, really strongly, mm. and there was optimism around them, and, and you know, it looked as if Eric Ten Hag was the man to change the culture there, and they were back in the Champions League, and the expectation was all right. Now they build for a title challenge again this season, and finally they can 
wash away the post-Sir Alex Ferguson dark era and start moving into better times. But that has not eventuated this season at all. They've regressed once more into that patch that has plagued so many, like Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho and David Moyes and other managers who have tried to emulate in a small way what Sir Alex Ferguson was able to conjure up at that club. And they're out of the Champions League already. I mean, that's so poor for a club of their stature considering their group. And they're not in the title challenge whatsoever. And if they make the top four, that would be a big achievement now for Manchester United fans. So they're in a horrible spot again. Problems plague that football club. And yet, despite the optimism at the start of the year, the end of it means that it's been... um, 12 months to forget overall for Manchester United. So right now, bringing it into the present day, this weekend they go to Anfield their last day. If they got belted again, is there any chance Eric Ten Hag could be out the, jo- out the door after this game? There'd be a small chance. I think when you're in the position they're in and you get hammered by your fiercest rivals, there'd be a small chance. I don't think it would happen. I think they would probably hold fire. I think they, you know, you're quite often gun shy when you've made those changes so often in the past and nothing's improved. And you had an encouraging season last time out, and he's still a young coach. They'd probably stick with him for a bit longer. Um, but as we know, ultimately, you know, fan unrest will have a big say in things. And if you get belted by Liverpool, then yeah, it, it would start to mount in a massive way. But they're probably likely to give him a bit more time, and they probably realise deep down now that the problems stretch much further than the manager because replacing the the man in charge over and over again has made little difference. No, that's that's very true. There's uh, a lot of problems at Manchester United, as you mentioned. What should we be looking at in 2024? I'm going to go with Kylian Mbappe's move from Paris Saint-Germain. Mm. So that's going to be really interesting. He is, along with Erling Haaland, the best player in the world, beyond exhilarating. Uh, he's still in the prime of his career of turning 25, I think, in about a week's time. So he's got his best years ahead of him still. He's definitely plateaued at Paris Saint-Germain. He looks bored there. He wants a new challenge. He tried to get out at the end of last season. They've held firm. His contract runs out at the end of this campaign. All the talk is that he goes to Real Madrid, and that seems likely. But until it's sealed, the speculation will roll on. Uh, The size of his contract in terms of the finances he'll be paid will be a big talking point. If the Saudis come in again with a a bid of John Rahm to live proportions for him. Who knows? I mean, that's going to keep going as well. I think he ends up at Real Madrid. That's the likely scenario. But I think Kylian Mbappe's move and, and where he takes his career, it kind of be him and Haaland now who mm. fight it out for the Ballon d'Or for the years ahead. Um, can he find his best stuff? Because he does look bored at Paris Saint-Germain. That'll be interesting. So the Kylian Mbappe... Uh, watch is uh, the one that stands out for me. Yeah, and Mbappe and Bellingham, that'd be a pretty old, fair old combination yeah. at uh, Real Madrid. Uh, as we said before, especially in world football, things change daily. Any inkling of what might be a massive story in 2024? I'm going to go with the English to finally break their trophy drought. Oh, Garby, you, you can't be serious. <laughs> well, I think I am, unfortunately <laughs> for us. I think they might win the Euros. I think it's England and, and, and France who are likely to to battle it out. They're the two best teams, and I'll go with the big headline as England to finally win a big tournament. I know they've dipped a little bit under Gareth Southgate since making the World Cup semi-finals in Russia uh, in 2018, and then losing in the 2020 
one Euros to Italy in that penalty shootout, but they do seem like they're on the verge of something. They have a super talented team. I mean, they've got depth and they've got belief. I think Southgate might be able to lift them again for another tournament. And uh, yeah, that'll be my pick. I think they will finally do it and lift a big trophy after so many years of pain following their uh, only major trophy at the 1966 World Cup. So I'll say they'll finally do it. So you clearly think none of the knockout games are going to penalties? <laughs> yeah, well, it is often the uh, the situation that plagues them. But uh, whatever the case, I just think they'll be able to get over the hurdle this time around with their depth of quality and the amount of times that they've been there under Southgate. But uh, it would be a big story, my goodness. And uh, look out, uh, people in Australia, if they do it, it'll be hard to... Uh, Hard to deal with, but uh, just maybe this is their time. It would be huge. And uh, are we catching you on SEN 1170 next week, Garby? Yeah, I'll be on the airwaves uh, in New South Wales and looking forward to that and also uh, doing some stuff with the global game. Simon Hill's off to the Asian Cup, so I'll be filling in for him uh, when uh, he's over there uh, throughout uh, early January as well. So looking forward to being part of the... uh, SEN team for a short period. Uh, Magnificent. We look forward to having you on board. As always, Garby, generous with your time. Thanks uh, for helping us look back on the year in football in 2023. No worries. All the best, Jules.